have it. So, welcome to the third Sunday in Lent. Lent is a 40-day period of prayer and fasting in preparation for Easter. Millions of followers of Jesus throughout the centuries have engaged in all kinds of variations of prayer and fasting uh, during Lent in imitation of Jesus. And, uh, you know, um, all of us are uh, doing different, uh, have opportunities to do different disciplines uh, during this time. And the reason we do this is because Scripture tells us that Jesus spent 40 days and nights in the wilderness praying and fasting. And Jesus went into the wilderness because in his ancient Jewish culture, the wilderness was the place where people went to meet God. I don't know where the practice of going into the wilderness began. My guess is that uh, that it's older than the Bible and that it began in many different places. Cultures and religions around the world encourage individuals to abandon normal social routines and to venture into isolated places in order to engage the elemental forces of the universe. So it's human to go into the wild and for us to find ourselves in wilderness places. However, if you are like me, you prefer to do it on your own terms and at a time of, uh, I prefer to do it at a time of my own choosing. So when isolation and social distancing come upon us by forces beyond our control, say, coronavirus, we can tend to get panicky and cranky. So how are you all feeling today? Panicky. Panicky. Anxious. Anxious, cranky, frustrated. frustrated. Uh, You know, maybe some folks are excited You know, uh, maybe some folks, uh, I think some folks are, some of us are beginning, you know, after a stressful week, we're kind of resigned to this reality and kind of adapting, but it takes a minute to get to that place. And maybe some of you are happy to be worshiping from your couch. I'm exhausted, to be honest. Uh, It's been a busy week following the news and monitoring the spread of the virus and making difficult decisions about how to respond uh, to keep everyone safe and then adjusting the way that we normally do things, uh, it really uh, sort of brings to awareness uh, how much we depend on routines uh, to get through life. And we're social beings, so it's no surprise that we look to each other when trying to respond to a new threat that is invisible. 
and takes no regard for social distinctions. Uh, coronavirus doesn't care if you're rich or if you're poor or if you're young or if you're old, if you're a Democrat or a Republican. Coronavirus does not care. It takes no regard for race or sex, sex or sexual orientation or any of that. And so while that is indeed scary, it is also an opportunity for us, uh, particularly for us as Christians, to maybe reconsider our petty complaints and differences. You know, what is truly important for you? This is an opportunity to think about that. And things that you may have complained about a week ago, you know, maybe it's not such a big deal after all. Coronavirus invites us to engage the great question of life and death and our small, fragile existence in this great universe. So actually, it's a wonderful opportunity to really go deep spiritually. Our scripture text today describes a scene that was repeated over and over again during Israel's 40-year wilderness sojourn. God's people are confronted with an existential threat. They freak out. They complain to Moses. Things even, there's even a threat of violence, as you heard Linda read in that text against Moses. It sounds like a real challenging group of people to lead, I must say, uh, God's people. And then Moses turns to God for help. Um, often, especially at the beginning, God uh, intervenes in a miraculous way and people calm down until the next crisis arises. This happened uh, from the beginning when, the, when God's people had left slavery in Egypt and they were confronted by the Red Sea in front of them and Pharaoh's armies behind them. This is exactly what they did. They freaked out, they complained, they complained to Moses. Moses said, God, what's going on? And then God rescued them. And this happened from the beginning over and over and over again. And my read of that pattern it, in the Bible, in the wilderness story, is that God is attempt, what God is attempting to do, can, can they hear? Is it, is it going? Okay. Is build a trust relationship with God's people. God is trying to say, you can trust me. Life, I mean, that is just the reality of human existence in this vast universe filled with forces beyond our control, that uh, circumstances are going to overtake us. Crises are going to arise, large and small. Unpredictable things are going to happen. We are not God. We can't 
predict everything. We can't see the future. We can't know all of the circumstances. So how do we live in this reality? And God is trying to build a pattern of trust to say how you live in this reality is by trusting me. And that I'm on your side. Another word for trust is faith. The wilderness journey, with all of its exhaustion and discomfort and inconvenience and genuine crises, is about growing and strengthening the faith muscles of God's people so that when they enter the promised land, they will have the resources to create a society that truly reflects God's dream for the world. Because God's dream for the world is that we all learn to live in trust and peace and harmony with each other in the good times and the bad. Certainly now is a time for all of us to come together, but what about yesterday? What about the day before? What would happen if we didn't wait for a global pandemic to be together as one and to trust each other? What would that world be like? That's the point of the story for today. Another point of the story today is that it just is a fact that faith has the best opportunity to grow in adversity. It just seems to be a human reality that for most of us, when we find ourselves in comfortable, predictable situations in which our desires are catered to, our faith muscles tend to grow weak. We tend to get this idea that we created all of this and that we're responding, you know, and that we deserve whatever it is, the pleasant circumstances that we have. The problem is, is that this creates its own danger. If we allow our faith muscles to become weak, Will we have the resiliency to weather adversity when it arises, as it most assuredly will? And so that I've said this to, I've said this in this space before. I mean, that's really what, in my mind, that's really what church is. I mean, yes, we comfort each other. Yes, we, we love on each other. We do all of these things. But church is also a gym. It is a workout space for faith in which we come every week to work on our faith muscles so that when something like coronavirus or whatever the next thing happens, that we don't panic, we don't freak out, we don't, you know, go at each other's throats or complain or question or bellyache, that we trust in each other and we trust in God. 
During this unprecedented time of global crisis, we people of faith have an opportunity to flex our muscles. Do we have the resilience to stay connected, to stay calm, and to even stay, you know, have a little bit of humor (laughs) in the face of the unknown? I think we do. I think we're proving that right now. And the great news is, is that we can be a light to our neighbors. The Vitality team here at church, for example, is finding ways to thank our first responders, who, by the way, don't get to, like, home quarantine, but who are on the front lines of this epidemic every single day. Not everyone gets to stay at home during this time, and so we have an opportunity to be mindful of them and to thank them. Um, If you, for example, would like to volunteer to make phone calls, to make little grocery runs for people who can't go outside, uh, to deliver food for folks and just kind of, you know, all sanitary, wipe it down and just leave it on the porch so no one has to go inside. Uh, See the email that we sent out uh, of who to contact. And uh, uh, Linda will have in our announcement time some more details on that. And personally, I hope to be making more regular sort of brief encouragement talks via Facebook and social media to encourage us to use this as an opportunity for our own spiritual growth. The reality is that as human beings, we are always on some level facing the unknown, whether we choose to be aware of it or not. We are always facing that great question of life and death. And so the true, we never, the true wilderness is always with us because it's, it's in us. It is our reality. If this were your last day on earth, how would you live it? Why not live that way today? What words would come out of your mouth if you knew they were your last words? What Why not say those words now? What attitude would you carry in your heart? How would you honor the gift of faith that our ancestors faced hunger and thirst and peril of their own to hand down to us? How would you live your life if you kept that in your awareness, not only today, not only in the face of global pandemic, but on days when the sun is shining and the birds are singing and uh, the phone is ringing. Much to their surprise, our ancestors who journeyed from slavery in Egypt through the wilderness to the promised land, much to their surprise and delight, our ancestors found that God provided living water in the wilderness. And I am confident that we, here at First Congregational Church in Granby and many others, will also find that living water together.
Amen.